Hello, welcome to Okawa Book Club. So we're your hosts, I'm Dylan. I'm John. And we're going to be discussing the teachings of Riho Okawa. Riho Okawa is a world teacher, master, and CEO of Happy Science Group. All right, so today we have a book, The Royal Road of Life, Beginning Your Path of Inner Peace, Virtue, and a Life of Purpose by Riho Okawa. And this is a very philosophical and deep book. But before we go into it, I'll ask my partner, John, to read the preface of the book. The Royal Road of Life is your path to true success. In this book, I explain the secrets for maturing into a leader by starting with controlling your mind. Everyone acknowledges that the mind exists, but there are great differences to the depths we understand it. Some of you picture the mind as your emotions, while others imagine it simply as brain functions. The depth of your understanding of the word mind is what I believe determines the capacity of your life. If you have looked into your mind deeply and grasped its true nature, you will see that these pages contain concrete truths, not just abstract ideas. To find success in the true meaning, you have to seek it while correcting and elevating your mind. The royal road of life is your path to a true happiness that continues from this world to the other world. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah, so it's a teaching of the mind. It's also a teaching of life in general and how to live with an elevated life, a more masterful life. And it sometimes takes an Eastern perspective. And some people might think that's abstract. But I want to say that actually, this is something universal. This is something that applies to all countries, all religious people, all people who are going through life. Because no matter what kind of life we live, if we can live with this kind of inner virtue that this book teaches and wisdom and trustworthiness, and then like the courage to break through our obstacles, we are going to be so much happier at the end of our life. And then we're going to know that we're going to go to a great place in the other world when it comes time to pass away. So, you know, in happy science, we teach a happiness that runs through this world and the next. And it doesn't mean like, let's, you know, just get as much money as possible and do whatever we want to fulfill our desires. That would lead to unhappiness in the next world. This book teaches success that leads to happiness in this world and happiness in the afterlife. So it's really something profound in that sense. I was going to ask you, John, you know, is there anything in this book that stood out to you or that you want to recommend to the listeners? Well, I feel like my generic answer to that question is uh, there's a lot of things that stood out <laughs> and there have been. As an overall, one thing I really loved about this book is that whether you are in a position of leadership or whether you would like to be in a position of leadership, or even if you're not even thinking about that, you just want to improve yourself, it really provides a thorough overview of the skills, both inwards and outwards, that help you to become an ideal leader, or even just to, uh, someone who can make a positive impact in the world and upon yourself. But uh, there was one particular chapter that really sort of blew my mind when I read it, and it was the fourth chapter, Living in Eternity Now. Mm. which deals with perceptions of time. And uh, it was in this chapter that I was introduced to the 80-20 concept mm. of time management, and which I, th I believe we spoke about in a prior uh, podcast. But there was a concept that I really liked, and it was the notion of increasing the density of time. Mm. And so instead of just seeing time as sort of a linear, 
almost one-dimensional thing. Mm -hmm. The idea that each moment has a, a volume and mm -hmm. a density. So there is a space in time. And the idea is that, you know, we can fill up our time as though it were space mm -hmm. and make a, a much more of our time. And when we do that consistently and willfully over time in, in the linear sense, then that will build our life into a better future overall. And I mean, the, you know, you'd really have to read the book to uh, get a grasp of the exact dynamics in this, but it, it's just remarkable. <laughs> yeah, I've never kind of been so blown away when thinking about time as when I read this book. I thought, you know, only three people could write about that topic. You know, Master Okawa or Leonardo da Vinci or Benjamin Franklin. And it's because they're so talented in so many fields. They're not people who focus on one single aspect, but they're doing so many different types of work that I thought, how is that possible? Now I understand. Okay, it's because they are polishing their mind, controlling their life, and having mastery over all aspects of how they, you know, use their time in their daily life. So they can, you know, focus on, there's one theory that's in here that's like, you're surrounded by four walls. If you want to paint one wall, you know, you're just focusing on one thing in front of you, but you can turn and there's different sides and then you can orient your life that there's like a three-dimensional structure within your time and then accumulate that time and then live a great life because of it. It sounds kind of abstract, but if you practice it, you'll be blown away that it really does work. Yeah. I think another thing that really connects to that is, as I was talking about the mind, so the brain isn't the mind. If the brain was the mind, it would mean that we should just focus on being as smart as possible. But this teaches what's important is, since the mind is something spiritual, we polish it. We get rid of the negative aspects and we, we overcome our weak points. And that leads us to the path of human completion, which is mentioned in this book. And when we get to that, there is something profound that happens. So I want to read from here. It says, there are people who insist on the freedom of the roots and seek only for their own water, their own nutrients forgetting their original mission, forgetting who they originally were. They begin to think of themselves and they try to hold on to the water and nutrients. What would happen then? They may not come to realization. They may not ever realize, but look up high where the trunk is. See the tree's branches, see the leaves, how they wilt. See this blossom, how nearly lifeless it is. See that fruit, how near it is to death. See the tree, how it has ceased to grow. See the annual rings that no longer form. Have you noticed these things happening? It is a kind of profound metaphor about the nature of human beings that we are all a part of a great cosmic tree of life. We are all connected to each other. And when we just think about our own self-realization, forgetting about other people, forgetting about our mission in life, we see that the tree starts to die. So God, who created this world, who created philosophy, who created all types of thoughts and religions and other types of ideas, he sees that the tree of life is withering. But when human beings go back to their original purpose, 
polish their mind, live a right life according to the laws of the mind, that's when the tree of life starts to flourish. So it's a profound metaphor, and I think that is what it means to live on the path of human completion. Beautifully stated. And, you know, these are powerful concepts. You know, something that stands out to me about this book as well, um, and about, you know, a lot of Master Okawa's books, is that they are things that are meant to be applied in the more mundane elements of our lives, mm -hmm. or what we might consider that. I think from certain relatively ancient Hindu perspectives, a person was meant to live a career, and then later in their life, they would pursue spiritual devotion. And but the ideas in a book like this are that leaders in business and in any capacity in society should be spiritually evolved and developed people. And by being in that position, then their leadership style is going to uh, impart that onto mm -hmm. the people around them. And I think it all just is another important step in building us towards this ultimate goal of having a utopian world that is living in the light of God. Yeah, yeah. And so many people have sought utopia in the past and it hasn't worked out. And I think, you know, one of the reasons for that is stated in this book, which is in chapter six on the Royal Road of Life, because it takes a true leader with virtue to lead towards a utopian future. And there are five clear crystal clear points what makes someone a virtuous leader and they are stated in that chapter and i was kind of blown away by this because it made so much sense after i read it that i was just like i started to think about different leaders of the past and how they fit into that theory so it says the five true conditions of a leader are respect wisdom belief righteousness and courage so if we do self-reflection on these five different virtues, then we can really polish our life, polish our virtue, and then change our way that we live life to accumulate more virtue. And basically it's saying how those with virtue are the ones who are able to connect to God's vibration, God's light. And then it even says, that God wishes for us to become as he is. Our, it says, our individual human souls came into being, as he said, become as I am. So God wants us to polish our virtue to be more like God himself. And then that is what will lead to prosperous leadership that never fails throughout the ages. That is something so powerful. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about time and we've talked about virtue and also about the mind. Was there anything else that stuck out to you? I mean, there's, you know, this, this is a book, uh, I really feel like you have to immerse yourself in it mm -hmm. because it, it goes across so many different points. Um, but I, one thing that I really uh, appreciated towards the end was just the statement that, you know, to go to the point of utopia again, just that that's something that is constructed within the individual mind first mm -hmm. and foremost, and then put into the world. Mm. And I think that a lot of the time we can look at the world and see a lot of bad things happening and feel helpless about it um, and maybe become kind of numb to it or get upset. And I think this is there's really a message of hope in this, that mm -hmm. by 
changing ourselves inwardly that will make an impact on the world mm. whether through our actions and even just through the power of thought mm, absolutely and you know i i heard recently that there's a lot of people who are starting to think that democracy is no longer the best way forward people are getting people are starting to feel that democracy doesn't work but i think the answer is in this book and what it is is originally democracy was created in ancient Greece, but it was based on this idea that virtue has to be the backbone of the democracy. Otherwise, it will turn into mobocracy, which is a rule by mobs, by people's desires and people's hatred and vengeance. But basically, if we can return to the origin of putting God's teaching of equality of all souls, plus the idea of virtue, that is going to make the world something so much better than it is right now. It's kind of salvation on a societal scale. And it even talks about Abraham Lincoln, who practiced this concept. And, you know, some people might have thought Lincoln didn't understand about the economy, but actually his virtuous actions led to the most prosperous era in the history of the United States. So, you know, these kinds of things really work in practical sense, but also in the spiritual sense. So that's why we do recommend, you know, studying this book super carefully and trying to think about, as you said, the more mundane aspects of life and then polishing those parts of our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So to end this book, I'd just like to read part of the afterword. So it's a very powerful thing, but it says... A new religion must fight against prejudice, misunderstanding, malice, and even the devils themselves to take root in, in this world. Such toil is necessary to bring about the age of daybreak for humankind. This book of truths is my gift to the youth of future generations. So I highly recommend this book to yourself, to anyone around you as a gift. This book would be fantastic. You can get it online at amazon.com you can also find it in our branch temples or you can find it at okawabooks.com to learn more about the concept it also sells in bookstores such as barnes and noble it was great talking to you again john likewise though in these trying times stay happy healthy and positive <laughs>